Coming up today on What Goes On Around Here, the most interesting man in Hollywood. His name is Aaron Cohen. Tune in to find out who he is and what he does. Hey guys, today we're talking to a guy named Aaron Cohen, a former soldier in the Israeli Special Forces specializing in counterterrorism, who's now a writer, director, actor, and a best-selling author. Yep, me, the rentienta, Lisa Stanley, will find out how one does that. It's such an interesting story. Hi, Aaron. Welcome to What Goes On Around Here. <laughs> Thank you. I'm, I'm the resident rentienta, just so it. you I know. I'm the, I'm the guestienta. <laughs> You are today. And we have something in common, which I'd like to share with everyone. Uh, We both graduated from Beverly Hills High. Go Normans. I'd like to say it's the same year, but sadly, he's way older than... No, I'm kidding. (laughs) He's way younger than me. But at least we share that in common, yes? Beverly Hills is like a special animal. It is. An animal is a good word. Yeah, and we're from L.A., and so like we live in the city of transplants. So speaking of that, you came from Canada, though, right? You're originally Canadian well, or not? Originally born in Montreal. Okay. And then I moved to L.A. when I was like two. So oh, okay. I grew up here, and I grew up, I went to Beverly Vista and then Beverly Hills High School, but like I'm an L.A. kid. People so, don't like, when you tell people you're from L.A., they're like, what? There are very few of us. Well, yeah, and that's why we're not like, we don't care about you, you know, your dad who runs the PR company <laughs> or your studio chief mom or like, we don't care. Because we're from Beverly yeah, Hills. Like, we, yeah, we've seen everybody go to rehab nine times. <laughs> like, yeah, like, we don't care. <laughs> that we have seen. Yeah. But how does a boy go from Beverly Hills to Israel to join the special forces uh, defense is it spe- Israeli is, special Israel forces de- Israel defense forces and okay. I was in the special forces I was in an undercover unit in the IDF and in, this was in the mid nineties and the unit is called Duvdevan which means cherries in Hebrew and the reason why is because in Israel all of the special forces units are considered the cream of the crop and so the cherries goes on top of the cream. Oh I love that. So the unit was formed in the late 80s um, as an answer um, to all of the terrorism coming out of the West Bank and Gaza and I would dress up as an Arab for the purpose of kidnapping terrorists and bring them back to Israel for trial and interrogation. And so the unit's young. It's only 30 years old. Um, and, ha- and it's a non-wartime unit, which means it's a low-intensity conflict unit. I'll explain what that means. Uh, we, don't have, we don't fight traditional wars, anti-terrorism only. So you have to take a small group of guys, you train them, highly in weapons and in Arabic and in, in customs and language and traditions and being able to dress like a 90 I should dress as a woman. And the reason why... <laughs> and the, I make no a, offense, because you're a very handsome man, but you would be an ugly-ass oh, woman. Oh, not true. <laughs> I am a good-looking woman. You have no idea. Oh, I gotta see a photo. When you see the hair on my knuckles, it's something, I'll tell you. <laughs> so this unit was created to be able to counter the terror that was hitting Israel... Uh, so hard throughout the 90s, you know, pizzerias were blowing up and all this stuff. And so we would go after not the low level guys, but the managers, the the, the terrorist leaders and, um, you know, just a very intense, you know, with a very high mission rate. And so how I got there 
uh, was growing up in Beverly Hills because when you grow up in LA, you're so sick of the industry. Oh God! My parents were writers. My stepfather was uh, was Abby Mann, who created Correct. Kojak. Uh, he won the Oscar in 1967 or 68. Um, he wrote uh, Judgment at Nuremberg, which is you know taught in film schools all over the world. It took me 30 years to come back around and appreciate all this stuff. But so when you grow up in LA, you you know, it's just so full of BS. You want to get as far away from that nonsense I as possible. I so know what you're talking about. So when you about. land, exactly. So when you land in Israel, it's so real. Everything's so in the moment. But Israelis what made live. you go to Israel? Were you doing a birthright trip or no, something? No, birthright didn't exist at the time. Oh, really? Birthright didn't exist. This was in, uh, this was in 1995. So I, as a Jew, growing up outside of Israel, I had never been. And I went there for a summer. Actually, let me back up. My stepfather at the time was working on a, on a film about an Israeli general. And an oh. Israeli general happened to come to uh, our house and spent a couple of weekends with us. And the guy looked at me and he saw that I was, you know, 17 years old. And I was, you know, confused and looking for something. And he said, you know, you should go to Israel. Go spend a summer there. And so, you know, it was either that Change or what, Santa Monica College? You know, like, what was I, like, you know, I, I wasn't I going to USC. USC was out? Yeah, well, yeah, USC. I just, I, I you know, I, I have ADD. I was never a good student. You we'll mentioned you have ADD and dyslexia, like Tom I have like a little Tom bit Cruise. of dyslexia, correct. And so I've always suffered with my studies and I suffered in school. And so when you don't do well in school and you're in a, a classroom full of kids and everybody's kicking ass and everybody's doing great, all of a sudden you feel like something's wrong with you. Right. So what happens? You rebel. You know what I mean? And, 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 and now having the self-awareness that I do, I look back at that and I say, you know what? It was a good thing because the kids who fought the hardest are the ones who usually come out on top. And so I like to consider myself a survival story or success story, not just at Israel, clearly but with you all are. this stuff. Thank no, you. Well, Thank clearly you. you are. But you understand what I'm talking totally. about. Because I feel like we have a similar energy. We do. And I totally get what you're saying. And I understand. And also, back then, people didn't really discuss ADD, attention deficit disorder, or uh, dyslexia. No, you, you were, were a bad kid. You were, you were a bad kid. You were considered a bad kid and really kid. just horrible. That's right. And so, so, and so I didn't fit in and I couldn't relate to any of these kids and I wasn't getting A's and... And you know, and I barely. Yeah, but instead of turning to be a drug addict or an alcoholic, you went to Israel. It never made sense for me the drugs and the alcohol. You know what I mean? I'm like, I, 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 I consider myself to be more like Gene Simmons. You know what I mean? I'd rather focus on making dollars, doing good things for people, doing good things for yourself, being as healthy as you can, minus the cigarettes. But <laughs> yeah, you know, like it, I'm just, you know, like I'm a Jew. Like I'm yeah. not going to run off and start doing. Like that's just not who I ever was. So I focused on fitness and on working out. And then after I spent this summer in Israel, I got there and I was just like, I fell in love with. Israel. I fell in love with Israel. It was incredible. And then and then three months later, I moved there. And then a couple of months after that, I mobilized and indoctrinated into the IDF. And then I was basically trying out for one of their top units. And then, you know, three years later, you know, 200 doors or 200 missions later, I just, I came out the so other impressive. end. So impressive. You're so impressive. This I mean, I'm just, your grateful. Story, I'm just grateful. I love your story so much. It's Thank so you. impressive. Thank because you. then, here you are, dressing up like uh, Arabs and women and killing bad guys, and now all of a sudden you discover, with your dyslexia and your ADD, you can write you can write screenplays and books. Yeah. And then you write a book called on the best international bestseller uh, list called Brotherhood of Warriors. So that was a memoir of my time in the unit. I was the first uh, I was the first American to serve in Duvdevan. And when I got out, I, I had, you know, it's funny. I, so I started a bodyguard company when I got out in like 2000. And I said, I was, 
you know, I hired my first publicist, started getting my name out there, and then and the next thing you know, I'm it's Kate Moss, it's Pink, it's right. Charlie Sheen. I bodyguarded everybody. I did that for 15 years before I started this acting stuff, which I'm sure we'll get into. And then didn't you? Yes, well, of course we're going to get into that because that's so impressive. What about? Didn't you have a security company? Yeah, so that was my security oh, okay. company. So I was okay. I was basically on the red carpets, and then after 15 years that I was like, you know, uh, you start getting burned out. You know, there's so many there's only so many kids you can schlep to school. There's only so many bags you can carry. How did you go though from being in Israel? to Hollywood I know that your family of course so so good question so one thing that's always made sense to me and I don't know how but you know everyone's got their strength and the, and the PR gods reached down and they just made me understand how to get my name out there it's just well, something how did, I understood how did you even hook up I I went to high school with a kid who my publicist knows who I'm not gonna drop his name because he's gonna go damn why are you mentioning me although he'll probably love it because he's a publicist um <laughs> Um, all right, Zach, you're getting one plug. I'm not saying his last name. So, but, and so like I had friends working in PR and in marketing okay, and in so events yeah, and, and all this. Know. And I was just like, wait a second. I, I'm, I'm, I'm doing these red carpets and doing these red carpets. And I'm like, I can blow this thing up. I just need to get my name out there. And at the time it was print, it was print, it was print and it was TV. And the next thing I know, I hired a publicist. He wasn't very good, but boom, I was on Access Hollywood after like two years of going after this thing. And then I was on Extra and then I was on ET was and then I was before, on the E channel. Was this before or after they started movie, movie producers started using you to teach? Uh, people this how was to before. Shoot this guns. is way before. This okay. is way before. So I was. We're going to talk about that. So like the first two too. years out of the gate, it was all word of mouth, and then I brought on a publicist, and I started doing press, and 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 people liked my story. They're like, you know what, this guy's real. Uh, he's highly trained. He's not some five hundred pound gorilla idiot, you know, standing behind Britney Spears. Like Comes this guy's highly family. trained. Yeah. He's high, and I was an Israeli trained commando, legally allowed to work in in the United States without some, you know, without being here illegally, like you know, half of the Israelis I had to bring over legally eventually when I when I expanded my company and um and then slowly, slowly, the word gets out. And Hollywood's a really small town. You Geographically, LA's monstrous. So you know what I say? There are 200 people. The rest are extras. Uh, basically, that's exactly okay. it. And, 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 and then me, the bodyguard. So, <laughs> so basically, I kept pushing and pushing. And, kept, and I was just, uh, the way I was trained was to be aggressive. And so I was very aggressive with how I promoted myself. So wait a second. Your training in your special Informed force team. Informed how I promoted my business. Correct. You took that training right Absolutely. into Hollywood you have to be aggressive. There's no right or wrong way to blast through a wall and to get your name out there. You just go. And I went, you know what? If there's actors and celebrities and reality people and everyone's PRing themselves, just do the same with your company. And then 15 years later, I've bodyguarded everyone. And after 15 years of being behind the celebrity, I started to burn out. And I started to say to myself, one day, I'm going to go from standing behind the celebrity to standing in front of the celebrity. And that, and that moves into the acting piece. And so in 2011, I wrote my memoir, Brotherhood of Warriors, which Correct. is a memoir of my time in, uh, in Duv Devon. How much unit. could you tell in that book? How, um, much, could, how I, much? I sent it to the Israeli censor. I think about 60, 65% of it got cut out. I bet. For security reasons. Israel's very strict about that. But you know, respectfully, I gave it to the Israeli consulate in LA, and, and they sent it to the censor, and they sliced everything up. But I made sure that most of the stuff I put in there was stuff that you could find online with enough research, and then just added my 
personal stories to it. All the names were changed. I, I still have friends who were officers in my unit. I have a friend now who's a full colonel in Israel, which is crazy. He's 42 and I was like running half the idea. And so at what point, you're, you're bodyguarding, you've got your security co- uh, uh, company now. At what point does somebody come to you and say, I need you to teach uh, Keanu Reeves uh, in John Wick 2 how to use an AR-15? So I'll back up. So in 2011, uh, the book came out in 2009. In 2011, I get a call from Steven Soderbergh, the Oscar-winning director from Traffic, the the indie god. I know his wife, Jules. Yeah, Jules is incredible. So I get a call from Steven, and he goes, hey, so I'm working on this movie, and I would love to talk to you about tech advising on the film. And tech advising is essentially the guy who comes in and tries to make it real. And at the time, he was um, putting together a movie called Haywire, starring Gina Carano, the MMA fighter. And then then it was the unknown Channing Tatum, uh, Michael Fassbender, who was just starting to break out, and so I went to his house and we sat and it was him and Lem Dobbs, the the writer for how The did Limey. You know, how did Steven know you? Did He, he just... read my book. His ah. producer picked up my book. They were looking for a spec ops guy in Los Angeles. Look at this. Because of my aggressive PR, bam, the book went. That got me my book deal. Next thing you know, I got an Oscar winning director calling me. So the lesson out there, be aggressive. Things will open up. Doors will open. Don't don't you don't have, uh, don't take no. You have no idea who's listening to you or who's reading or who's following and how many things you have to. You can create this luck, but you have to continue being positive and pushing, you know, aggressively was, into the atmosphere. Was writing your book difficult with your disabilities? Uh, uh, so I had it no because I had a co-writer because oh. I was smart enough to know go Good. hire somebody who can writer. write yeah. and get it going. I didn't yeah, even yeah. I didn't even you know what? I have no ego. I put his name on the book. Good for you. Let him you know I wanted everyone in the world You're to a see good that. Guy. Doug Century partnered with me. He'd done a book on a, a, fa- a very uh, a best-selling book on an undercover ATF agent. So he was familiar with the space. I'd interviewed a couple writers through HarperCollins. I now I did write the treatment for the book, which had more grammatical errors in it than any treatment in the history of uh, books. I can assure you. But we do have spell check, you know. And <laughs> it, it, that doesn't matter. Spell check can't fix your grammar. Well, it can't. It can't, it can't fix how, <laughs> how how moronic you sound when you write. You know. So luckily, and I, you know, I, having What's body. Grammar police around uh, or yeah, something? There was no, yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was, it was my, it was the book agent at the time who I had met from some red carpet at ICM, and he took my 15-page treatment, which I slaved over for six months, and then sent it up to shoot, and then we sold it to HarperCollins, and and then and they loved it. And Dan Halpern, who owns um, the imprint within HarperCollins, said, "I have to make this book. I have to do this book." And um, so what happened? Soderbergh read the book, calls me in for this meeting. I'm sitting there with him and his producing partner and Lem Dobbs, this incredible writer. And then I'm on this four-month journey with Soderbergh. And Soderbergh... Is that ha- when you got the acting bug? Yeah, oh, yeah. He half- halfway into the film, he goes, oh, by the way, you're playing Jamie. Oh, so he just gave you a just role right there. threw me in the film. And, 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 but you and didn't go there for that. You went to be a technical. I went to tech advice. Yeah. So I ended up training the actors for like eight months in weapons, in Krav Maga, in tactical room clearing, in covert operations and surveillance and counter surveillance, I said to Stephen, "I go, how real do you want this?" He goes, "Oh, make it real." And, it's and just so how I, he talks yeah, to and I go, Stephen "I go, well, get ready to go quiet. down the rabbit's hole because I'll get these guys nasty. I'll make them killers." And Gina Carano, who was a professional MMA fighter, do you consider yourself a killer? I consider myself to be a lover. 
<laughs> and so good answer and so what happened was I ended up training them and then and we shot in like Ireland and we shot in Barcelona it was like you know it's a four month journey to make a, sure. a, a monster theatrical pickup like a 40 million dollar movie or whatever it was and then Steven said you're going to play this character and there was an acting coach I can't remember his name and he was on set with us the whole time to work with Gina because it was also Gina Carano's first movie and I pulled him aside and I go hey Bubba I go I need about two hours of your time yeah! Because I had a couple of pages. And then he looked at me after a couple of reasons. He goes, you're, you're fine. He goes, he goes, he goes, it must be all that undercover stuff. He goes, you're good. He goes, you're moment to moment. He goes, you're not. He goes, you're listening. It's instinctual yeah, It's too. instinctual yeah. for you also. So I did that film. After that movie wrapped, the bug hit. That's what I, I, was I, like, that's what I want to hear. Let's talk about the acting and the bug. Well, first of all, you've wrote, directed, and co-starred in your own short action war film, correct? I did. Uh, called Overwatch? I did, I did. And how much of that was based on your real experience? So all of that is based... So Overwatch... Uh, was birthed because I had no reel except for uh, Haywire. So I had a couple lines in Haywire, and then there's like four minutes of me walking around in a scene, which no <laughs> casting director's going to take seriously. They're going to go, I like They're your like, walk. Hey, you can put Steven Soderbergh like, on, the, uh, on, the, on, the, on that section of the demo, but so they're like, great, that he walks around really well. You know, he can really open a door. He's got some you know? swag. Yeah, he, he can swagger. He got some good so swag. I, was like, I was like, again, the marketing side of me kicks in. I'm like, I just need some tape. What better way to put together a killer reel, just write your own material. I love that. So I was like, so what happened was, I remember one gunfight that I was in. And I was in on real this, life. In real Not life. In real people. life. And I was on this building. So I switched it from a building to a hill because I couldn't afford to rent the building for three days of shooting because LA, good luck with that. Right. With the real estate prices and with the sets. So I found this hill right where they shoot Westworld, which is the Iraqi village. I don't know if you've seen the show Westworld. It's incredible. Uh, yes, I have. I think it's HBO Showtime. It's cinema, one of them. And, I, and it's funny because when I watch that show, I, I, I recognize all the people that I killed on that set because I shot like 300 people on that in the movie. And I spice things up to make it more dramatical, obviously, for license. So basically what happened was I was in a shootout with a buddy of mine and we were, we were on this hilltop and at the time when I made the film I went through the worst breakup of my life this girl devastated me Oof. a Jewish girl who I dated in New York I'm telling you this was Ryan Gosling the notebook 101 oh. she basically oh, she broke the girl up with me the mother because I didn't have enough money for her the mother did it. The mother split us up. You know what we call that? Up. A helicopter mom. You know what I call it? A bitch. Uh, thank God. <laughs> you, know, you know what I call it? A silver lining. Oh, really? thank Yeah, thank God I wasn't in that relationship because the poor schmuck who's married to her is probably such a chnoon stuck with that girl that, you know, after three That's years- That's a Yiddish after, word. After three years with my girlfriend, whose dad is a retired LAPD detective, she's so humble and so grateful and supports me and we support each other. It's a silver lining. She was a silver bullet, you know what I mean, that girl. So I was going through this terrible breakup, and I had all these emotions inside of me, and I went, you know what, Aaron, put your put your eggs on, put your, like in Hebrew we'd say, put your, uh, you know, put your step forward, be, be strong. And so what I did was I centered this breakup and the conversations of talking to your buddy about a horrible breakup and how much you hate but love this girl around inside a firefight. Because in a firefight, real things are like, things are still normal. Nothing changes. You're right. just doing a job, and so that's what Overwatch turned out to be. It was it was 15 minutes of me basically getting over a woman 
in a firefight, and then it, I ended up killing myself in the movie. Oh dear! Because you know, love kills. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and um, but I got these amazing scenes of me and a bro, a buddy of mine, and threw that onto my reel. And I've done four movies since then. I did a Get the Gringo with Mel Gibson. Vanished. Uh, I did a Van- Vanished, which was a short by by a really talented uh, director. And then I did um, I just did Two Eleven with Nick Cage, and I and I had a really strong supporting co-star role in it. Uh, which I just, which just came out in theaters uh, about two months ago. It's on demand now. I mean, this is really some career that you've created. I got to go toe to toe with an Oscar, with a two-time Oscar winner. Right. Was the, I, I mean, mean if, you, if you would ask me, do you ever imagine this? Fifteen from suit to sand? Or no, then absolutely do you, not. Do you suffer? But from I envisioned any- it. You but I envisioned well, it. Well, that's why it happened. So I can, see, I can it see it. You know what I mean? Like I can, you can see it coming if you, if you push. Do you? Do you suffer at all from any PTSD? I suffer from a form of PTSD, which is more of an aggression disorder, which is a result of the intensive um, combat training in my unit. And and I'll explain. In my unit, because it's purely anti-terror, we work in very close built-up areas, in very densely populated cities. And the reason why is we go into a terrorist neighborhood and have to capture a terrorist alive if the file says alive. You can't even kill him. The reason why is you need that intel. Right. You need to ex- you need to extract him. This is real life undetected. he's talking about, people. He's not talking about a movie. No, it's not a movie. It's not a movie. This but, is but, real life. Yeah, and one day it'll become a movie. And so, I was hoping yeah. that, yeah. And so the level of training that we go through, and people are so confused about Israel because of all the bad PR. I should be doing press for Israel, doing PR for Israel. People think that Israel kill civilians they they, they 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 don't care they're an aggressive country the amount of beatings that we would take in krav maga which is the israeli self-defense in the military was to ensure that we wouldn't shoot a civilian the amount of stress training and inoculation we went through to be able to fire a gun and not hit a civilian we are trained essentially imagine taking a knife there's ten thousand ants in a bowl and taking the knife and surgically dipping it and killing one ant and pulling it out. Oh, dear. So the amount of stress inoculation we would go through to avoid collateral damage and you still... is more than any military in the world. The Americans would turn Gaza into a lake if it was their problem. They would because they just wouldn't care. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, eh, it's collateral damage, right? Right. But Israel doesn't do that. So... To answer the question, they mean business. They mean business, but yeah. they're very, very surgical. They're like everything is like a, is like medicine. So because so of that intense because training, because of that intense training, what happens is in Hebrew we say at the kelif. You 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 learn to let the dog out, which means you learn to basically fight your way through twenty people if you have to with your hands. You can fight twenty guys, and so what happens is once that switch gets turned, you cannot turn that off until you're done. And that's why I ride motorcycles, and that's why I act now, and that's why I create. Well, you because can put the more all of this, that energy into your and, acting, and the more of that stuff that I do, the more of the poison I keep releasing. I keep so getting that's it out how of my you system. deal with your PTSD. I get it out of my system, correct? And I have to be really, really careful. Well, Penny's hurt. I mean, like when Pe- I get Penny pissed, is when his I get pissed, Penny, yeah. she's sitting here. Penny's for my Penny's my buddy. Yeah. Penny's Who my I partner. love and adore. When what happens is you basically. It, it t- it's taken me 17 years to get my head right, and there's no easy way around it. And in my book, well, I, I detailed it. Well, I can't imagine how it could take less time. Well, th- I mean... I mean, my God, what yeah, you did and what you just, went through. But but at the same time, I'm not crying, and let me make this really clear. All that training at the same time landed me in this interview with you, 
And it's because of my training that I'm able to push. So what you have to learn how to do is pull the poison out while keeping the positive aggressive side. And that's been the struggle. And I think I've managed it pretty well since, you know, 2000. And in addition to training or in addition to uh, bodyguarding, I was training after 9-11 hit. I was training SWAT teams and military units all over the world in Israeli tactics. In fact, I'm training a unit as we speak in Israeli tactics. So wait a second. You're still doing that even though you're acting, it writing, pays, directing. You got to pay the bills. And you know what? If you're making money, it's easier to audition because you don't get stressed out. Every actor worth his weight in salt must have a project, must have something on the side. I mean, you have to. Can I ask how old you are? 42. Because I'm just going to say, well, we're going to put up a picture anyway uh, when we put the podcast up of us. But you look like a leading man. Well, you thank do. you. Thank you. You have that. You have the it factor. You know how they say that people have the it. I, just, I appreciate that. I can just look at you. I'm grateful for you saying that. It's the truth. I, I don't need to blow smoke up well, your ass. So, <laughs> I mean, so but saying. here's so. <laughs> but you do. You to me, not just your facial features and the way you look, but your whole demeanor. You have that it that people always say. Has anyone ever told you that before? I've heard it. Because you do. But you know what's interesting now? I don't want to lead. I want to support. And my Easier? Act, and my, no, my acting heroes are Tom Sizemore and William Fickner. And oh, we love Bill. We <laughs> love, so love, love Bill. Yeah, I'm sure you've had him in here. Oh, Bill's okay. been a million times on with Black me Hawk Down, on my morning show. Black Hawk Down. Yeah. Every film. So here's the, here's the way I see it. And now he's doing comedy. He's on Mom. Uh, Did you know that? I didn't know. I oh didn't my God, know. for two seasons, he's been on Mom. He um, plays a guy in a wheelchair, and he's hysterical. He, so the, you have these guys, and you have, what's his name also? The guy from Sons of Anarchy, the Canadian with the blue eyes. What's his name? Charlie Hunnam? No, the, uh, the uh, um, oh God, I can't remember his name. Kate Cat. What was his name? The blue eyes on Sons of Anarchy. He was also in Black Hawk Down. Coates, Coates, something Coates. Kim Coates. Kim Coates. Oh, he's big. Another guy. Yeah. But like, these, these aren't leading guys. These are professional co-stars. These are professional supporters. Well, I will say this. You work a lot if you do the professional co-stars. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I know exactly you see what where I'm saying? you're going. So I'm like, <laughs> instead of trying to carry this thing. Instead of trying to be Tom Cruise. Every Brad Pitt and every Schwarzenegger and every Charlie Hunnam and every leading guy needs a size more, a thickener. Without To question. carry them. To bounce off them and to make them look great. And you can do 10 movies a year because you're not that memorable. But like, who doesn't... In other words, you're not typecasting yourself. You're not, well, you're, well, I feel like you are getting typecasted, but you're not getting cemented. You're not like, you're not going to burn out the audience like the Kardashians are just, how sick are we? Like, well, you it's know enough, what? you know what I mean? Guess like, what? Their ratings are reflecting it. They're down in the toilet now. Should I go over to the channel and hack their computer? It's right <laughs> next door. I, I'll tell you exactly where the ratings are at. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> but you see what I'm saying with oh, these guys? I totally do. And so I was really clear with my manager and I was really clear, like, like let's just, let's, let's carry these guys. And maybe that's just the team player in me from the special forces, which is no ego. If leading man comes to me one day, have me back on. If I book a leading, oh, I'll, I'll say I told on. you so. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> but but I'll, you know, I'll, t I'll I'll take three memorable minutes. So let me ask you: You're obviously acting is going to be priority always, but you still are going to keep your business. Yes, I. 
absolutely feel like I was put on this planet to enhance the operational capabilities of our global partners on the war on terror. What about taking Brotherhood and making that into a movie? Absolutely. No question. Why doesn't your friend Steven Soderbergh do that? Um, Why don't we ask him? Steven. He's, he, he loved the short and I'll oh, just he found your book. He, loved he found your my book. book and he and I sent him the short because I wanted his notes afterwards. Good idea. And he absolutely loved it. And he said to me, he said, you made a Stanley Kubrick film. OK, that's the highest compliment. Yeah. He said you made a Stanley Kubrick film. And so as long um, as it wasn't eye, like eyes wide shut. Because I wish I would have watched that with my eyes wide shut. So where I left so where I left it with Stephen was he said to me, he said, hey, so this is what I would recommend doing with it. And so what I've been doing is I've been working on it. And it's it's like a, it's 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 a it's a work in progress because I have to now take it from 15 minutes to 120 pages. And I'm just teaching myself how to do this. Do so, you take a course? Um, you know, they do have you know, courses on that. I haven't, but my parents were writers. I was raised by writers, so I kind of send notes to my mom. Oh, good idea. And I do this with, I do this with my mom to like, because she's so smart. She just knows writing. And she was with my stepfather for so many years that... Think, you know, she keeps saying to me, storyline, storyline, storyline. What's it about? What's it about? What's well, it about? isn't there a rule uh, for that? Isn't it like the five W's, right? For the rule of writing. <clears throat> you want to tell people what, where, when, why. Yes. And, I mean, there's like a, a, a rule yes. to writing this script. There's rules, yeah. But so I'm a little witchy, and I don't mean like on a broom or separate issue. I should <laughs> What's the problem with that either? <laughs> we can get the brooms and play some Quidditch too. When I read your um, bio... The first thing that I felt was that that was going to become a huge movie. Well, like the religious would say in Israel, from your lips to Kismet. God's from your lips to God's ears. <laughs> yeah, no, you I mean, know? I just I'm working feel on it. I'm working. You on have it. a really, really amazing story, an amazing life. At 42 years old, you have crammed in. I mean, a lifetime of of someone who's thank 80. You, thank you. Thank and you. And I really feel like it's a story that should be told we're in just, the theaters. Lisa, we're just getting started. We're just turning this thing up. I mean, honestly. We're just getting warmed up here. Right? <laughs> We're just turning up the heat. I mean, honestly. Okay, so now you've done how many films? Four or five? So I've done, I've done four films, and then the last one I just did was 211 with Nick Cage, and just absolutely proved to myself that I can hang with an Oscar winner, which was incredible. Well, you knew you could do that because <clears throat> you were bodyguarding them. Yeah, it's interesting because... Did you think you wouldn't be able to be on the same uh, platform? No, I always knew. Right. And when I, and when he walked on a set, and he's a very methody actor, Nick. Yes. When he walked on a set, he he's was... He's a strange guy. He, well, he, but he was cool to me. He was very, he like... He went to our high school. He, he did. He's he a Beverly kid. All, yeah, he's a Beverly he's kid. He's a Beverly He's guy. a Beverly kid, so he's just as twisted as us. Um, <laughs> he was actually... Uh, w w with all the stories and, and whatever you read about him was was absolutely professional. Like showed up, he was in character. He showed up. We ran this thing, went completely off script into Improville, which I love because that's the best stuff. Let it go as long as you remember, you know what the scene is about. And then he came up to me afterwards. And as long as the director is cool with it, he was so cool. I love that director, York Shackleton. Wait, he just did another movie with Guy Pearce. He's gonna he's gonna blow up. Uh, Nick came Nick come up to me afterwards and he goes, Hey man, I just want to tell you, you really brought it. That, that is was a the high highest compliment. compliment. Yeah, yeah. And I right? go and I go, thank you, brother. I go let me record that. Can you say that one more time? Right. So I can get the sound bite. No, I'm exactly. just exactly But um no, that was it was it was the night it was the highest compliment and 
I'm grateful that I got to do that with him in a first big scene because now I know that I can go toe-to-toe with any of these gorillas. And that's, I think you knew that before. <laughs> nice try, though. <laughs> nice try, Aaron. Don't be. Nice a, try, Aaron. <laughs> don't 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 BS the witch. You're yeah, going don't to lose. BS the witch. You're going to lose, especially with that bling on that middle finger. It's incredible. That's Look at that F, thing. That's my fu. That's a punching <laughs> ring right there. Bam. So I, I mean, I am so interested in your life story and. I love this. What I love the most that you're not just dipping one toe in with maybe just taking a few acting roles. You're dipping both feet in by doing it all. There's a, not a skill set that you haven't done in our business, correct? Well, because you started out bodyguarding. Well, you know, I mean, you know how this goes. I mean, how long have you been on the air? What did you do before here, you got Earth, here? I've been on the air 16 years. So, I mean, there's a lot of things that you do to get you to where you eventually land. I don't know what's going to be in 10 what's years. What's next? I don't know, but what I will say, what I do know. What do you want to be next? What I do know is this. When I'm on set and I'm acting in a real movie, I'm not talking about a student short film, in a real film with. I understand. And with with monsters in the industry, I feel the most like myself. That's that's where you feel home. That's where I feel like I'm home home for you. And it's not, and, and I've done TV and, and I've done radio and I've I'm a Fox you know news uh, analyst on the security side not just Fox I cross over to CNN I do them all to piss everybody off I only talk security I never get political it's never interesting to me to get political um, and, and, and you I, know what it's irrelevant to it's, what you do yeah, I, I, yeah, I, you're I, a people I, person not I'm a politician just like, and when I'm talking security on Fox or CNN or MSNBC I'm talking counter-terror and security and so I've there's no fame hunting for me. I couldn't care less. I could tell. I just don't care. You're not in it for the fame. I just don't care. No, you're not a fame. You have to make enough money to be able to pursue what you like so that you can relax. But well, it's Sylvester Stallone always used to say when I would interview him, because yeah. this was his thing. Money only buys you one thing, Lisa freedom yeah that's right i go well hello that's the one thing you want well that's the most and that's the, <laughs> that's mo- the most important thing. that's so true right that's so true so he he used to say that a lot and another thing that he said to me is you don't get if you don't ask i ask for everything me too who cares i don't care if you people say get no. offended Not who cares me. i don't care either Yeah, like and you know what <laughs> Everybody else is like a schnook following, <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, we're the type of people that say things that other people think but will not say. Well, that's because you're on the mic. You have to. You don't have a choice. If you want freedom, you have to do that. Yeah, I do have a but mic, it's, so it's good. Right. <laughs> you know? But it's it's so true. And what he said is, I saw him at Rite Aid for the first time like two years ago. I'd never seen the guy in real life. Is that true? Yeah, and I'm friends with a million people who know him and have, and have worked and with him. And did you go up to him and I introduce? walked up to him and I go, listen, bro, I just want to thank you for taking me through the 90s. And I gave him he a must fi- have loved it. And I gave him, now I gave, like he gave me a look because it was the seven millionth person who said something to him as a famous guy. But there was a moment of like, okay. But if he knew you, he would love you. You're like, right up his alley. Yeah. You are feel, yeah. right up his alley. Yeah. And we're talking about Stallone still. Yeah. You're right up his so alley. May, so maybe one day he and I will cross paths again. I hope so. Maybe we'll, I mean, maybe we'll throw some lines one day. That would be very nice. Or some punches. Let's, let's envision it. <laughs> let's throw it out. Like my girlfriend would say, let's, let's um, envision it. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, yeah, so I'm just, I'm, I'm really excited. Everything is really exciting. I've got a new manager who's exciting and she's looking out for new projects for me. Um, I've got an incredible publicist who's making sure that I'm storming and hitting lightning uh, and making it strike where it needs to rain, but in a smart way because I get to do great shows like this with killers. <laughs> I, so it's, I, it's, I'm, I'm just grateful, man. I'm, I'm grateful for all of it. I'm honestly. thrilled that your publicist, Penny, um, brought you by here because I think this is a great thing for people to hear because what you've done with your life is just, it's like a movie. Well, I'm just so grateful. I, That's I, the other I'm thing, so that, you're, that you're not taking everything for granted, which no, is so beautiful. No, and I, and I also don't take any of it seriously. Does that make sense? Yes, like, it does. Like people people planning and planning and well, planning. Well, after and they, you've gone out and killed people dressed like people Arab are so, and... People are so precious, people are so precious about the dumbest things. <laughs> and I'm like, just stop trying to control everything. Like, you remember the movie Fight Club? Yes. Like, I gotta live that. Brad Pitt. I don't even need to hear those lines. Like, I live that. Like, stop trying to control everything. Like, everyone's trying to control and micromanage and, you know what I'm like, listen, just be aggressive, focus, push, ask every time, Everything will come, but here's the other thing: you have to be positive. So I want negativity is this crushes your advice? everything. Because that's what I want you to do. You seem like the guy that knows to give good advice. Because look what you've done with your life. Do you have advice for someone who may be coming out of high school, seventeen years old, and just doesn't know what to do? Has got some issues. I and- do. I do. If you're seventeen years old, getting out of high school, go live some life. <laughs> go start life, and then come back in ten years, and then things will start to hit you, and you'll have a better picture of what you want to do. But at seventeen, there's no way you're going to know what's going on. But to everybody else who's looking for my secret sauce or how I landed here and how this is all my secret ingredient the hummus the falafel that makes it all work Albert Einstein said it best stay away from negative people they will always find a problem to your solution oh I love that stay away from them stay away from them get them out of your life they're toxic unfortunately it could be a cousin it could be a best friend it could be a spouse because the people who are closest to you have your ear and sometimes you have to make the hard decision and cut the cut that fat out. But in order to stay focused, you have to live in a positive frame. And that's how I wake up every day. I'm also grateful. I could have been killed numerous times. I was just going to say. I'm just happy to be alive and I'm happy to not be in the counter-terror school. I'm happy to not be in training. I'm happy to not be in a Ford operating area. But sometimes I'm, I'm Hollywood, down with blanks. I'm but, down with blanks. But sometimes Hollywood is like being in a demolition derby. I mean, you it's, know, it's 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 a uh, your background helps you a lot, my friend. Deal with these idiots. It's but so does yours, but so does yours. Because when you get to a point where you realize you can't control everything, and you just wake up and just have a positive mindset, and just push away the nonsense, and just stay focused, and believe in what you believe in. Don't listen to anybody because nobody knows what they're talking about. Do you know what I'm saying? I do. Nobody knows what they're talking about. Only you know what's good for you. And and you should and in that know when somebody does know what they're talking about and then shut up. And let the pros do what they have to do and shut your mouth and let them move, you know what I mean? And then you'll come back in and then push everyone out of your way until you get to another person who tells you and then be quiet and listen. You just you have well, to listening is very crucial. Self-awareness. You just that that's that takes time. Yeah. 
That's knowing, age. Yes. That's definitely comes like with age. Like a French wine. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing you on the big screen. Uh, what's the name of that Nicolas Cage movie? Uh, it's called 211. 211. Uh, it's on demand now. And uh, it's on demand. And I'm looking forward to that. And I'm most looking forward to, because I know it's coming, that Brotherhood is going to be a movie, Aaron. Okay. I'm telling you okay. now, that is going to make it to the big screen. Okay, good. And I am definitely going to be there Love to it. see when that happens. You'll be there. So uh, could you give out your social media handle? Tell people how we get a hold of you. Um, Instagram, Twitter is AA Cohen Official. And are there websites or um, anything? If there's any law enforcement listening and you're interested in some training, you can go to um, AaronCohenSecurity.com. If you're a casting director and you're getting tired of hiring Brits who can't act to play tough guys or Aussies, <laughs> to, you know. Um, uh, and it, uh, you, you can contact uh, me via my rep also, 424-288-4186 is my rep. If there's any casting people or producers listening and you guys want to get some uh, get some heat into your action for some good support. I recommend uh, you call. Out. He's really good, if you couldn't tell. <laughs> if you couldn't tell. Uh, all right, you, and my uh, social media is Instagram, or the gram, as the kids call the it. Gram. <laughs> Lisa Stanley 30, and on Twitter, I'm Lisa K Earth. And uh, what's really cool is we just found out what goes on around Aaron Cohen's life. All right, we'll see you soon. Thanks, Aaron. You were fantastic. Thank you so much for That was so me. much fun. Thank you. And I love that you're a Beverly Hills alum. Best part. Best bump. <laughs>